Yeah. <clears throat> Remember how to do this. Okay, beginning in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm diving straight into pre-ca- oh, excuse me, recaps and um, got a got a full lineup here. So I am joined by Frankie, Justin, Chris, and Brian. And um, first off, for, uh, first and foremost, Frankie, I just realized, man, as I'm even starting through this opening, I haven't seen your face in like two years. Like, how you been, man? It's been a while. You know, I was looking forward to reconnecting with you and doing this again. Um, yeah. Been all good. We had the covid break and everything did some traveling played some dodgeball on and off and happy to get back into dodgeball obviously and podcasting with you as well yeah no, I, I appreciate you guys hopping on and you know we'll, we'll probably catch up and one of the things i want to do is just kind of acquaint the audience listeners with with the panels so i mean frankly might as well just start with you man so um why don't you go ahead and just start with your team name and then kind of just kind of give me like a real brief what have, what have you been up to these last two years other than traveling? Sure. So for open and men's divisions, I'm playing on Shred. Uh, Team Awesome is no more. So I am now on Shred. I'm joined by some of the Kill the Comp guys, some of the Impact guys. Um, And then for co-ed, I play with Vibe. So I'm playing with some old Team Awesome guys on that. And then uh, some of the female players from Boston. And uh, dodgeball-wise, the last two years, I mean, we've all been playing a little bit on and off before the premiere series, did some travel dodgeball stuff. Uh, Locally, all the Philly leagues are up and running now, so playing two nights a week in Philly dodgeball and in Stonewall dodgeball. So are are things back to normal for you then, like pre-COVID, like 2019 era, like leagues are back up? Yeah, pretty much. At this point, we're back to pre-COVID 2019 levels of playing. Back to normal. Well, there's definitely going to be a lot of changes. I'm sure you guys are going to help help me walk through. So, um, especially when you say something like Team Awesome is no more. I mean, that's probably not news to most people, but um, definitely want to start digging into that. But um, let's move to uh, to Justin. So, obviously, Justin and Chris, I forgot to talk to you guys briefly over this past season. But, uh, again, Justin, if you don't mind, quick uh, introduction and what you've been up to the past two years. So, Justin Bosch, I played for GOAT. Uh, I live in New York City, and like Frankie said, basically everything back in New York City is back up and running. Um, we have a new league in the city being run, well, a new open league run by Tim Wells. He sent, recently moved to New York City or took New Jersey, so he has a league now on Friday nights, which is nice. Just throws a little variety into it, but everything's up and running back kind of like it was before. I mean, the city's bustling. There's tons of people out doesn't seem like COVID really has even happened anymore. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's again, I'm, I'm having to remind myself two years have passed since, uh, since we even did like actual official recaps. I mean, you know, post Austin felt like we were on a really good trek and then COVID happened. And then we kind of did like the, the hypothetical stuff, which was a lot of fun, but now it's like, okay, let's see who's actually here. So it's going to be interesting kind of going into this. Um, and Chris, I mean, we, we connected last week, kind of talked about your experience with Worlds, but again, on the premier side, you know, team and what you've been up to these past two years. Yeah, so um, for my open team, I am uh, now fully on Anarchy. 
So anything open, uh, open 8.5, open no sting, open foam, so like FTC, that type of thing. Uh, Anarchy is my team. Um, and then when it comes to co-ed, um, I am on clutch mode. Uh, so uh, mostly East tournaments where clutch mode is at, but even at nationals, um, I'll be with clutch mode for all co-ed. So uh, that's normally how it functions. Uh, if clutch mode is not there, then I normally play on like the second Anarchy co-ed team because we usually split into two. So, um, but for the last couple of years, um, it really hasn't been much dodgeball. Uh, since Billy and Casey moved to um, Dallas, they kind of left me here. And then uh, I ended up moving kind of further away from Baltimore. So uh, right now, the only dodgeball I can get is if I start a league at my college. So I've been working with these freshmen um, and sophomores, trying to get one of them, trying to put the bug in their ear to start a dodgeball club so that we can have like a weekly meeting. And a couple of guys are kind of caught on. So um, I'm really hoping that they take it and really try to do like some weekly dodgeball play. Um, so that, you know, I can help them orchestrate it, but I want them to kind of like take it into their own hands and I'm trying to push some new players into dodgeball. So I'm hoping I can get that started. Nice. Justin, you fixing uh, here. You got a question. How much effort is it for you to like start like a college dodgeball team and like actually get into playing college dodgeball? Like besides just getting the members. You mean like NCDA? Yeah. Like if so you NC wanted to start NCDA team at your college. Um, so I am the director of like club sports. So, uh -huh. um, I could really get that going pretty quickly if I had the student interest. So that's what I'm trying to build up is the students really taking it because I don't want it to be like me leading it. I'm a, you know, full-time, um, uh, you know, salaried person at my school. So I'm not a student anymore. It wouldn't be like my team. So I'm really trying to like... I'm trying, yes, I'm trying to encourage some of these people who are interested in dodgeball to take it in their hands. And then, like, once I see someone who really wants it, I will be in their corner and try to help them do whatever they can. So um, to get started, though, uh, NCDA is 12 on 12. So we need to find at least 16, no, like 18 players because the requirement at my school for club sports is that you need a team and a half in order to really um, solidify yourself as a club sport. So I, I need to keep building up to get like, you know, 16 to 18 people interested who would come to weekly meetings um, to help build it for an NCDA team. I'm not even that far yet. I'm just hoping I can get like 10 to 12 people who are interested in dodgeball in general. And we could just like play open gym like every week, something like that. And then like from there, if we have enough interest in people who want to move forward, then I would start talking to some of those people who are really like leading the group and trying to get them to start an NCDA team. So really just building up dodgeball interest in general. And then if I really find some people who are who want to take it further, I'm going to introduce them to USA Dodgeball, NCDA, like all of the opportunities that they have in dodgeball. So I've already started promoting like USA Dodgeball to the guys who are like, what, there's like dodgeball out there? And I'm like, yeah, like you can compete against people across the world and all kinds of stuff like that. And so I'm really trying to get them to really, you know, get super interested in it get some meetings going and then hopefully someone takes it from there. Nice. So, I mean, right now you're just trying to convince people that throwing balls at each other is fun. Like you're just barely started. That's, that's literally it right now. Like I just want people to think dodgeball is fun. And then you see, you know, usually there's one or two people who stand out, like they really want to take this on. And so that's who I'm looking for is like, who are going to be my, 
my my leaders who are going to help lieutenants. push this thing at my school. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, um, remember I meant to ask you about that when we, we talked last week was just, you know, what, uh, what's the likelihood of you getting able, being able to play yourself, but, um, you know, baby steps and before we dive into a tangent about recruitment, um, last but not, last but not least, Brian Baker, Brian, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Um, yeah, I'm Brian. I'm the captain of clutch mode. Currently I joined up in 2019 and, uh, we got a pretty good run that year and, then COVID hit immediately, and that was that. We played a little spooky nook in 2021. Uh, played pretty well there, too. Um, and then Chris ended up heading to Anarchy. He was the captain of the clutch, obviously. You know, he started that team. But that was really based on um, the fact that we weren't even sure if we would be able to field a team at all for 2022. So we're like, Chris, do your thing. Go, go try and win a national championship with the boys. And... We'll, uh, we'll put something together to keep clutch going. So that's where we're at. There's no there's no leagues or anything. I'm in Dover, Delaware also. So there's no leagues currently close to us aside from Philly, apparently. Still like an hour and 20 out. But um, I practice pretty regularly with uh, Will and Tim Bethard. Uh, Will is a deacon at a local church. So he just lets us in anytime for the gym. Nice. And throw balls around for like, like uh, Saturday. I was out there like three full hours just 2v1 practice 1v1 practice we just tear it up that's awesome were you on a team prior to clutch mode like when did you enter the I, competitive scene I was, on, um, I was on z warriors in 2017 i think was our first year that we started dodgeball and um that was that was a long time ago now so i was on that um what we wanted to do with that was get to the udc stuff it's like we were trying to uh compete in those tournaments and then those ended so you know that's how it goes and then all of our guys basically just combined with chris but we kept the clutch mode name gotcha definitely i love the uh the team consolidation and then what i think is cool is you know we think east coast like clutch mode is definitely a branded team so it's good to see that that legacy is continuing um no pressure on you obviously but um, also, thanks for for hanging in there, man. I know you reached out like half a year ago because you wanted to talk East Coast and and represent. So I definitely appreciate you being patient and glad we finally got you on. And I mean, let's let's kind of get into what's what else has changed. So, um, so I pulled up the, I believe this was the last recap, or it looks like, um, for my notes. So this is either round two of 2019 or round three. And I'm looking at teams like, I'm just going to go through the list, Anarchy, Impact, Kill the Comp, Clutch Mode, Goat, Zero, Arkham, Precision, Space Cadets, Mountain Olympus, Team Awesome, Tigers, Bloom, Bulls, Aftershock, DMV, uh, NYCE, and Taken. Now, I mean, who's left of this list? I mean, obviously half of them. Half of them. Not even. Yeah, basically half. Yeah. Not even half, I don't think. So Anarchy, Impact, Anarchy. I mean, impact is shred. Sure. Do you want to speak to that, Frankie? Impact slash. Sure. I guess impact shred is also kill the comp. Yeah, yeah go through the list say. first. Start over. Do okay, the list. so so this is what we'll do. So we'll 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 start over. Anarchy is only anarchy, clutch, goat, Arkham, precision. Well, I can't spell it fast. Uh, and that's it, right? DMV Grizzlies are still here. 
Oh, and DMV Grizzlies, you're right. Hold up. So of this precious, oh my gosh. I, so for those of you listening, I've got screen share. So you guys are watching me type and just fumble over myself. And it's just, it's lovely. So of the 18 teams. Yeah, I like to I like to let the bloopers happen though. Um, so of the, of the eighteen teams, you're, you're saying five now exist: Anarchy, Clutch, Goat, Arkham, and Precision. Well, yeah. in in fairness, Kill the Comp and Impact combined and made one one team. So that remnants of both those teams sort of made one team for sure. But as and then, yeah, you can go down the list. So like, yeah, because if we can, players... we can talk about who moved and um, so. Anarchy still there. Impact Shred. Frankie, you're getting kind of. You're almost like going to say something. Yeah. So Shred is myself from Team Awesome. Jeff, Matt Levine, and formerly Kyle Sander from Impact, and Sean McMahon and Sean. from Impact as well. Yeah. And then Dylan and Quan from Kill the Comp. So it's kind of like a Shred Impact mix up with me. <laughs> Did the one Team Awesome. And then from Team Awesome, Sam is also still mostly playing, and he's been playing with Goat. So, and so, what's the team name now? Shred. Shred. Okay. Got it. I would say that a lot of teams, um, the East is a lot more top loaded now because a lot of those teams, the good players are like the the best players from those teams, basically just shifted up to teams that are already up in that like top. Five top six, and like it Consoli- consolidated teams. I feel like it, it eliminated a lot of teams, and there have been some new teams that have showed up. But it, I feel like it did make the competition level, like at the top, a lot higher. Yeah, I mean that tends to be the case. Like you're, you're going to have your, you know, your top three, maybe top five, and then middle of the pack where they just consolidate or um, step up to the next team or. Um, feel like that's just like a natural progression of, of, of teams. Um, Goat obviously still around. Zero moved to Colorado with um, with Alfred. Um, sort of. Sort of. Really just Alfred moved to Colorado. There's no one else on Zero is from Colorado. Or gotcha. from, he's on Colorado. Team. So it's not even fair to say they rebranded as Elevation. They're just, Zero's gone. Zero yeah. just disappeared and Alfred moved and started a new team. Gotcha. Space cadets, uh, I'm I'm assuming they're gone. Like I haven't seen, but Colin. A couple of them, couple of them are playing with some of the Philly teams. Philly kind of grew really big. Right. In the last some people of came. Some people came to certain rounds. Like Colin Downing was there at round two. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, the majority of them all sort of stopped playing. Jason Blue, I guess, but with precision, right? Yeah, but he lives in Chicago. But yeah, so Space Cadets is either gone or some of them are playing once in a while. They're yeah. playing with Philadelphia teams. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mount Olympus, they're they're gone. Yeah, Tyrell Tyrell is the last player still playing for Mount Olympus, and he joined Goat. Okay. And then, so Team Awesome. I mean, they all basically kind of kind of talked about them. Um, did I hear what what happened with Jeff? Is he part of Shred now, Javinko? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was only Team Awesome for like UDC and some other stuff. He's always kind of been Impact That's or right. something else. So, and then I guess Drew still kind of plays once in a while. He doesn't really like 8.5 anymore, but he'll play occasionally. So it's me, Sam, and Drew as the last Team Awesome people. That's crazy, man. You might get a, a an occasional ed out at a Ponte at around here and there. Also, just playing co-ed right now. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. 
Uh, Tigers, you mentioned Tim Wells is running a league. Is he? Are they still around? The Rochester. So he Tigers? played round one with Goat, but he had committed to playing with Kaiju for the year. Hmm. So he was playing in the North because he wanted to play pinch. I don't know if he's playing nationals with them. I don't know if Kaiju's going. I don't know what their deal is. But that was at the beginning of the year. He had told me he had joined Kaiju, and so he was just sort of looking for rounds in the East to join teams here and there. Gotcha. So kind of like a free wanderer, agent. free freelancer. Yeah. Still wanting to play pinch. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bloom. I, I remember them being mentioned just a few times. So Bloom was basically an, another New York City team. It was the other uh, team that came out of the league that birthed uh, the players who were on Arkham, which is Big Apple in New York. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure one of their players joined Arkham, and I think the rest sort of disbanded. They're still playing local leagues. They're just, they didn't travel this year. Gotcha. Uh, Bulls, Kyle Roth, right? That was his, his main team? Kyle Roth retired for like, really? and then, uh, and then, uh, what's the other guy that was basically the captain? What's Jordan? Shelley. Jordan, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I don't know why he stopped playing. Schooling, basically. He's, he's trying to finish up his college. Just focusing on that so he can graduate. He comes to, he came out to, I think, one tournament this year. Um, but yeah, round two, much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Tim, uh, Tim Bether joined uh, Clutch Mode for this year. Will has just been kind of mercenary. He's played with Illusion, uh, Clutch, and Goat. So he just wanted to join a different team every time. The rest of them just kind of fell off. Gotcha. Is, is, is Kyle Roth's retirement like a sensitive subject? Because I remember he was very prominent in during COVID with his brackets. Like every week we were treated to a new bracket of some kind. Um, I guess he's just just moved on. What's up, Frankie? Yeah, no, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, he'd always joked about retiring a lot. Like he'd say he's done and then he'd be at the next thing. So I think that's what Justin was hinting at. But oh, gotcha. I think Kyle's trying to focus on other stuff not dodgeball related. So not really running tournaments, not playing. He was always injured too. So gotcha. I think he's uh, finally sticking to stepping away. Like he said, so he's like uh, Brett Favre retirement for a little bit. Yeah. He'd be happy to hear you say that <laughs> until he's feeling better. He'll, he retires until he feels better. Yeah. He runs occasional um, like two V two or even three V three kind of invite tournaments that are just, you know, they're all not casual, but it's, not not like everybody's invited. He reaches out to some people and they make little two v two teams and like it's a fun. I went to one of them over twenty twenty one I think and it was fun. I think he's having maybe he said I think one last one. So who knows if it is the last one or not? But yeah, if this last one's really good, maybe he'll have a couple more. And fair enough. Um, aftershock fizzled out. Yeah, just just Ed playing a little bit. Uh, DMV, I think you guys mentioned maybe they some of them stuck around or they're around. Is that correct? So yeah, they're like a team that birthed sort of like out of like random NCBA players that sort of all came together. I think they played from like somewhere like from Townsend, some from like Ohio. They sort of all came together, and I think they're all based out of the DC area. I mean, Chris, you probably know better than I do. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Uh, Shadid kind of started that team. Shadid went to VCU. He had another That's VCU right. guy a couple of them on there at one point um i think the vcu guys are not on the team anymore but he also had 
UMD uh, University of Maryland players on the team. And that's basically what the makeup of the team is, is like University of Maryland's old NCDA players who graduated. So I played against a few of those guys back in like 2018, maybe 2017 when I was still in college in the NCDA. Uh, so it's good to see them playing dodgeball still because I hate to see all the, some of the talented players from the NCDA just stop playing after they're done college. Like, yeah. like you had some talent. Like you guys can throw, you can catch. Like you have all the skills. Like I know it's not NCDA, but you guys, I know you love dodgeball. Like it's it's it hurts to see all these really talented players, or even just good players just stop playing. So I'm hoping that NCDA starts to transition into USA dodgeball more. Yeah, that's. It, it seems like, and I know this argument's been happening quite quite often. It's just, it would just seem like the NCDA is a perfect feeder into what was, you know, at the time elite, now premier. Uh, there's got to be something that can be done to to capture all those players, um, especially when you look at their social media. You know, they're starting to do like um, player highlights, team highlights, and just like, man, these these guys are monsters. Like this would really push dodgeball forward. Um, but I guess that maybe we'll find out next year what that looks like um got two more teams uh nice nyce am i saying that correctly yeah so that was the last remnants of new york like a one of the random new york city teams gotcha. that was like jonathan uh jonathan's team he's joined precision i believe and so those were sort of like the people that weren't on either goat or arkham's team gotcha and last one would be taken that was Abdul's team, and Abdul, I think, has stopped playing dodgeball. Tyree was on that team. He joined GOAT, um, and the rest of them, I think, sort of disbanded. Fizzled out. Uh, AJ still plays. Who does? AJ Ramondi, I think that's how you oh, say it. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Well, um, I appreciate that rundown. I mean, that's... That kind of helps me understand the scope of of the East for now, and like I said, I I do hope that you know maybe this year being like a rebuild year, um, we'll see more people come out of the woodwork next year, and you know go back right back to having you know plus fifteen teams, um, let that consolidation happen, and uh, yeah, I think I've, I think we had thirteen teams at the biggest turnout, or maybe it was eleven teams this year, it was the largest turnout for eight point five. Frankie, do you remember? remember the exact number um we've been hitting over about 20 with co-ed but yeah for open about 12 is what we normally have and then round three women's had eight full teams so that's probably why there's so many co-ed teams too okay i think you were right with that 13 number i think it was the highest that we had was 13. i think round one was 13 i think round one was 13 i think round two was like 11 and round three was like 11 or 12. Pretty sure you're right. Like I said, there's there have been some new teams that have formed a lot from Philly, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, like two or three, and they've actually been consistent in coming out. You know, even if you know round one, they might not have played super well, or it might have been like a shock to be like, oh, this is people. People know what they're doing here. So, but it's really good to see people actually keep coming out, get better, and like want to stick with it. So is it is it fair to say like the numbers are still there? It's just it's just different because um, because this is how round one felt for me at for the on the west side. It was you know, we, the the players were there, but the teams weren't like I was expecting. 
um, you know, Heat and Crisis and Rise, they weren't there, but some of the players were there. The numbers still seemed like maybe we were at three-fourths strength. Saw that kind of transition into round two, but then uh, round three being in Seattle, um, you know, that wasn't a really fair representation of the West. But I, I would feel like there'd be a good showing either next year or during nationals. Like, is that kind of like the same vibe you guys are getting for the East? What's up, Frankie? I'd say yes and no. Um, a lot of people who were either captains or the ones really getting people out and doing the communicating with their teams have stopped. You know, we mentioned like Abdul would always try to bring a team. Jordan, Shelley, and Kyle brought a team. So I don't know how much growth we'll see. I mean, we really need an influx of like more NCDA players or other leagues to start spawning more people like another New York team or maybe some more teams out of Boston. But I think a lot of the people who were really dedicated and really passionate have stepped away. So I think that 12 to 16 might kind of be where the East sits. That might be a little pessimistic, but I'd be happy with 16. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, if you think at our highest, we probably had three teams out of Boston. Now we have no teams out of Boston. I mean, there's mem. I mean, there's members from Boston, but there's there's no teams. Um, New York at the highest had four. Now we're down to two. Um, Philly had what, like two teams from Philly. Now there's one or none really. Well, there's two Philly teams now. There's not the team awesome kind oh, yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it's just sort I of. Yeah, it just seems to sort of shrunken. But I think with leagues going, hopefully that means people start getting more interested into it and, and people want to travel a little bit more. Um, I know that the one of the bigger New York City leagues is part of USA Dodgeball, so they do talk about it and they have branded balls. So it's like at least it's a thought process. Um, but, yeah. Gotcha. And Chris, you're saying probably feels about like three-fifths of the players – if you're yeah, kind of I mean, yeah, I feel like we're probably like three-fifths of the players in the East that we had at, at peak. Uh, I know we had like two Delaware teams, and now we only have, and sometimes three, and now we have one, which is clutch mode. Um, so it seems like every state, like the players who have, who are most committed end up like joining up together, and then the players who were like, captains were like come on dude sign up and like they were always like the last second like you never know if they're gonna make it those guys have really dropped off so when you have like good players joining up and the committed players all joining to one team all the non-leaders that like frankie was kind of saying have kind of just dwindled off which which sucks because um it's not so often you get somebody who's willing to you know do all the work that goes into maintaining a team so i know like Frankie knows, Brian knows now, Justin knows, like, it's a lot of work holding on to a team and making sure that everybody's coming to the tournament and making sure everybody's submitting their payments and making sure everyone's practicing and, like, staying on top of it. So when you lose some of those guys, like Frankie said, like the Jordan Shelley, the Abdul, like, those guys were bringing teams. Once they stopped, all those five guys on their roster who were, like, just doing it because Abdul kept texting them or Jordan kept saying, come on, dude, sign up. Now with no sort of person kind of in charge of them, making sure they're all signing up and stuff, those guys kind of just all just dropped off. So, um, yeah, no, like Frankie said, I feel kind of pessimistic, but, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, influx of new players from different leagues, like Justin was saying, do come in 
um, to get these numbers back up. The nice thing about those players was they were also pulling from areas that like were different too. Like they weren't pulling from the same pool of like, like in New York, it's like I'm pulling from the same teams that like Arkham and so like we're sort of just like sort of passing the same players around. Whereas they were pulling from like different areas and new, it was an influx of new players. Like when you joined Chris, this whole new influx of like 30 Delaware kids just started showing up. Um, and just, we don't seem to have like those pipelines that we did. Um, I mean, it's also, we just had a global pandemic. It's like, it's easy to be a little head, you know, pessimistic. Things are opening up, things are moving. So hopefully maybe things go back towards the right direction of people playing and doing that kind of stuff. But it just, I think we need this like new level of younger wanting to be captain kids that sort of bring their teams together. Yeah. I mean, it's also like, like you said, we, we had a pandemic, we were not playing Doswell for, for two years and, um, you know, it's going to take some while to, to fire up the engine again. I mean, I harking back to 2019, I feel like that was the best dodgeball I've ever seen where start to finish with, I would consider Sin City being the first like competitive tournament. Then you had, I think some of the Tribune events all the way up to Cancun, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. It was so easy to keep, um, a consistent rate, even, even as a podcaster, like it's, it's hard kind of even get back into this mode, into this mindset. So, um, I'm hoping, you know, this is just like a under construction year, just like our album cover and next year, you know, people see, okay, it's back. It's here. You get some people that want to actually step up and, and captain and, and recruit more players and, um, maybe this is just like a, a build year, as I say, but, uh, I do have a kind of a weird question for you, Brian. Um, are you experiencing any challenges as the new clutch mode captain, um, in terms of like keeping people motivated, focused, wanting to travel? I mean, how's that been for you taking the reins? Uh, yeah, the hardest part has been, um, a lot of guys in just the last few years over COVID got married, I think. That's the worst. Alex, myself, like at least three of us got married, moved away. Like my brother Alex is on the team, but he lives in Georgia, so he can't what he can't take off and fly up for tournament after tournament. Uh, Eric lives in Virginia. He was coming out, um, but he tore his ACL in round two. Mm. So, you know, so we got we got kind of screwed on that. Um, and that's the hardest part has been finding people to be consistent and want to come out for each round because rounds one and three we kind of just ended up picking up two friends for each round that have played before but haven't been like consistent playing like the last time my boy ozzy had played it's probably like four or five years ago he said but we were just like you're gonna play all the time we we need six people on a court like you know so right now that's tough is like trying to get people to join and to stick around and not tear their, uh, muscles and not hurt themselves. Yeah. yeah. But the other challenge is just getting people to sign up and just being on people. You'd be surprised with all the connection that everyone has mm. to each other. It's sometimes impossible to get them to just do very simple tasks. Yeah. I, um, I mean, c congratulations to anyone that, you know, bought a house, got married, had kids, you know, actually had good life things happening to them. But I just always like, like to, like to dump on them. Like, how dare you get married and betray dodgeball? But you know, I know my brother, especially right. He's living in, right in the same town. And I was like, all right, got married. We're moving to Georgia. Like, 
I need you. <laughs> like, what about our dodgeball team, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> where, great. Where are your priorities? Yeah. I need a middle here to to put pressure on people. I forgot what it was. I saw. I mean, it was, it was obviously in jest, but I saw a couple of dodgeball community members posting some wins on Dodgeball Family. And I almost posted this as a response, like, hey, knock it off. Stop stop having good life events, otherwise you're not going to play dodgeball anymore. But uh, it's, all in, it's all in good jest. But um, So speaking of, like, you know, dusting off cobwebs and, and getting the mission going, um, kind of a big ask, but I wanted to kind of just pick your guys' brains on round, on each round, and we'll kind of do, like, a like a rapid fire. Just ask what team stood out, what players stood out, and how did your team do? So starting with you, Frankie, from what you can recall from round one, um, what, what team stood out to you? Sure. So uh, I'll kind of give this as an overall synopsis for the East. I feel like there's like five teams that I think always have a shot. Anarchy, Shred, Goat, Arkham Clutch. Um, round one was probably my best... Like, I think it was the best my team did, Shred. Um, we wound up coming the best in... round in general. I do, too. In terms of competitiveness. Yeah, everything was really tight. Um, so Chris will have to help me here with who they played, but the final four wound up being Shred and Goat on our side of the bracket, and I'm assuming Anarchy and Arkham on the other side? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, you know, a really top-heavy final four. Um some players that stood out, I think, on my team, Dylan Cruz had a really good round one. Uh, having Matt Levine there was nice. He had a really good round one as well. Uh, it was probably my best round in years. And then on Goat, um, trying to think because you guys have changed rosters a little bit. Tyree's always been good. I thought Tim actually played pretty well that round for you guys. Tim was getting a lot of your early middle hits against us. I mean, maybe not like the best player on your team, but you definitely had him taking the first shot a lot. Um, Anarchy at round one. So that was probably Chris's first time with them. Um, let me try to rapid fire this a little more. They're all really good at 8.5 now, and they're all playing way more. Like And going into the West. They're playing better as a team. They're all playing more. So like Anarchy is really showing up now. They're all healthy. Um, so that whole team, just like it's hard to call to player, at least for round one. Round three, I'll have a shout out. Uh, Clutch, Brian, who's on our podcast, has really been stepping up. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't know why I'm touching every team. Anyway, so the top four all really stood out. The finals was great. It was four to three. I think it was maybe three one Anarchy when we went to no block and Shred managed to win two, but then Anarchy won a really close game seven. Um, yeah. I kind of rambled a lot there, so hopefully the other guys on the podcast will give you a little more details, but round one was really competitive. The top four all were top four teams. and yeah. So for you, you can recall you guys just came out of the gate swinging, just ready to go. So for me personally and like our team, um, we still have never all played together in one tournament in the past since we formed, <laughs> like two and a half years now. That was the first time we even had six of our seven players at a competitive tournament. Um, and it really helped. We were able to, even between games, we were practicing, like practicing our timing on our pump fakes, like practicing some play calls, things like that. So it definitely felt like the smoothest round for my team shred. Um, I think that showed on the court. And then just like we all felt good playing too. So 
Nice. And as I recall, I think you guys went undefeated in round robin, right? You beat everybody in round robin. Yeah, we tend to be really good at round robin. Round three doesn't yeah. play into that, but all the pickup guys, tournaments and stuff. You where... guys destroyed us in. I think we played first match of round robin. You guys destroyed us in round robin, and then when we played in semifinals, it was a lot closer. Yeah, you guys uh, went up 2-0, and then we won the next four, and they were close. Yeah. Hmm. And the only reason Clutch didn't do well in that round is because they played us in the first round, but then also couldn't figure out any sort of time to throw the ball. I think they gave up all all five, all five six balls like five times or something. It was, like they, the weird, it was the weirdest round I've ever seen. We had, they also forfeited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, Almost we, twice, right? We did. Well, we forfeited once, and another time someone came in incorrectly but didn't make any play, and there was an out, but nothing like we didn't get any swing. I, I genuinely don't know what was going on with that. Like two people stepped on the court after one catch, and I'm like looking like, what, you know, what's going on? And then you know the refs were like, and I mean, Goat was like, hey, there's like five people there when there were just two. Like what's going on, and so yeah, we we forfeited some games, and the 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 game that we lost to seal it, actually, I think we were pretty much swinging the momentum our way before we screwed up the uh, getting in bounds kind of deal, which I, I've never even seen happen, much less twice in one match. So that was, that was pretty very odd. We also that was when um we had two people that we just picked up that were friends of ours that, you know, they don't play competitively, but we just were trying to get people to play at that point. So rough round, but how she goes. Gotcha. Well, since we're on, on you, Brian, um, <clears throat> aside from that incident, I mean, what, what teams kind of stood out from you? Any, any different than the four that Frank had listed? No. So, I mean, the, the teams were shredding anarchy and go, um, the, Shred went number one seed, I think, because of the point system. And, like, they went undefeated in round robin. And uh, Anarchy was number two. So Goat was number four. But um, the the match against Shred and Goat, like Frankie was saying, they went up 2-0. Or Goat went up 2-0. Game three of that match, it was 5-2 to two in favor of Goat. And Jeff and uh, Dylan brought that all the way back. And then Jeff uh, 1v1. Sam, or I'm sorry, Dylan 1v1, Sam Jones, and Sam dropped for a catch, hit him in the knee, and they rattled off four straight, or three straight up, I guess. And then game four, Frankie 1v1, Edgar. Yeah. No block overtime. I told yep. you, I had a good round. It felt like 2016, Frankie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Especially in the finals match, I, I know they lost, but um, Frankie like caught Billy square on. He caught... I think there was a play someone threw they threw three balls at him and he caught one to bring someone in i think they won that game finals is super interesting because you know in in normal format anarchy was able to play their slow pattern and really seemed to uh overwhelm shred and once it went no blocking shred was able to speed the game up and get anarchy to play the way they wanted to and they were able to pick up a bunch of games and it ended up going three three and then finally Anarchy was able to pull it out in the last match, but it was it was a super exciting seven game series. So, what do you remember from that, Chris? Just uh, uh, from that round, from the finals game, or yep. from the round? 
just from, from the round, like leading up to that finals game? So I believe uh, West round one was was right before that, or maybe like a couple weeks before that. So I remember Anarchy going out West and um, we played very well. And I believe in the bracket of the West for 8.5, um, we went undefeated. I mean, we had some tough games, but we didn't lose a single point in um, the West uh, playoffs. And then we came East and, you know, you would think like, all right, the West has all the best players, the best talent and all that. And, you know, the games here, um, you know, we didn't go undefeated in the the bracket. You know, we had some challenges from from Arkham and, you know, I think we might have beat them 4-0, 4-1, but it wasn't, you know, easy per se. And then I think in the finals, I believe it was maybe, you know, one zero, then like one one, and then we got up three one or something on Shred, and then Shred ended up winning two straight games in no block. I think we won the first game where it was it started off regular and then went to no block. We were able to win that game to make it three one, and then when the game started strictly no block, um, those games were challenges for us. So it was three three, and we were able to you know barely squeak out that last one. Um, so I remember leaving there thinking like you know, these top teams in the East can really stand an 8.5 to the top teams in, you know, the West and other regions, you know, be, and it might be because our anarchy plays against, you know, Shred and Go and Arkham all the time. So you might know a little bit more of like how to take advantage of, you know, certain exploits or things like that. Um, whereas like some of the West teams might not know like the strategy to really get an advantage maybe. So um, I just remember my takeaway was like, because I, I haven't, that was my first West round. So, um, you know, I really came back and I felt like, man, these top teams in the East are really as good as these top teams in the West. I think the West has like way more teams, but, you know, for Go Arkham and, you know, those five teams that we mentioned at the top, those are some really talented, deep rosters where you have like, three players on each of those rosters who are, um, you know, talented. And, you know, I think we'll see that at nationals too. If, if a lot of these teams end up going, I don't know who's going to be there, but that was my takeaway after that round. All right. Well, the West, <clears throat> the West coast of me is a little, a little upset with that, but that's fine. We'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out in nationals, but, um, that, that's a good point. Cause like the West does have a lot of teams. Um, but there's a lot of, middle of the pack teams that we'll see hopefully in nationals. Um, if you guys are talking about all these, what was it like 11, 18 teams that consolidated to the top four or five, um, it is gonna be a lot tougher. Plus, like you said, maybe they're just used to you, but, um, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to nationals now to see how that plays out. And then, um, Justin from round one, what, what do you recall that hasn't been covered yet in terms of your experience, which you remembered or how, how your team did cover it all. I mean, I think the overwhelming thing for me for round one was like just really exciting just to be back with like all these people that you were sort of you hadn't seen in two years. It was like fun to be back on the court with everybody. Um, it was exciting to be like a big tournament with Jake there and like the new rules were kind of exciting and were not new rules, but the new sort of format was exciting to try and play different. I think that was the biggest takeaway, I think, besides just like everybody, you know, the top four or five teams looked like they were the top four or five teams. Gotcha. Yeah, it was, uh, 
same same revelation for me when I was in round three, seeing Bill and, and Lucas for the first time in two years. I'm just like, holy crap, I haven't seen you guys in forever. Like, this is awesome. Um, definitely glad you mentioned that too. It's like, oh yeah, welcome back. Like, Dodgeball's here again. Um, let's move to round two. So, Frankie, you'd mentioned that you weren't there. Correct. Uh, Shred did not attend. One of our good friends, Ryan McComb, got married. So, Sean, Jeff, and I went to that. Quan had football, so I think Dylan played on Goat. And then um, I don't think Anarchy attended either. I think Chris was probably the only person. So you won't hear a lot from me, but you'll hear a lot from the other three about round two. Gotcha. So Dylan played on Goat, Justin? Mm-hmm. How did that help you guys out, or what was that like, adding him to your roster? It was great. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. He's a really good end-of-game player. It added, like, an element of just having another clutch player at the end. Um it was a weird round though, because, you know, you took out two of the top five teams and now we're just down to three teams. Um, there, you know, there was a bunch of new teams that, you know, it's great to see new teams there, but some of those matches were really pretty lopsided. Um, I think, I don't think Goat lost a game in round, like lost a match around Robin. Um, and there was a lot of matches where we won like, you know, 14 to zero or 14 to one or 13 to two or things like that. Um, so that was the biggest takeaway from round robin is just the lopsidedness of it. Gotcha. And then I guess we'll probably get into the finals, which was pretty crazy at the end. What, uh, what were your thoughts from round two, Chris? Uh, so my thoughts are coming from a different perspective because uh, for round two, Anarchy wasn't there, so of course I played with clutch mode. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to go back and play with clutch mode. We all kind of grew up playing together, known each other for like 12 plus years. So um, the chemistry is already there, like when I'm able to play with them. Uh, and it was fun to get to play with uh, Tim and Willigan because I hadn't played with them for a while. They were on the original clutch mode team, and then they weren't on clutch mode for like a year or two. Um, so to team up with them again, it was kind of like, the original clutch mode uh, paired up with the new clutch mode. Um, and so it was a good time. We never played with that team before, but we were really excited going in because we felt like we had probably the best clutch mode team that we've put together um, maybe ever, or at least since nationals, I mean, Austin 2019. So um, we felt like going into it, we had a very good chance of winning when we saw that Stred and Anarchy weren't there. Um, so, I mean, I remember Goat, you know, basically whooping everyone's butt in the round robin. So um, we definitely had our eye on them. Like, all right, Goat is definitely a team we have to beat. Um, Arkham is always going to be consistently good. You know, they're going to slow play, uh, slow play and, you know, take advantage of mistakes you make. And um, so we were looking at Arkham. And then um, another team, Illusion, um, we knew that they were going to, you know, they probably felt, them in precision felt like if there was a round for them to win it would be this one i can't speak for them because i'm not on their teams but i'm sure with shred and anarchy not being there precision and illusion had their eyes open like all right this is something right here that we can win so um i felt like without those really two talented teams if it, uh, everyone's feelings going in were like i can win this uh, which made it a hard tournament just due to the fact that everyone felt like they can win. Like the <clears throat> the attitude motivation was or determination was there more than normal. 
like the psychological thing aspect, I guess. Yes, for sure. Gotcha. And then, uh, Brian, what do you recall from round two? So kind of like what Chris was saying, this is about the best version of our team that I can imagine aside from, uh, my brother, Alex, not being there, um, by having TJ Jefferson, um, Will Bethard and, um, myself and Chris as a solid core. And then Justin and Jeremy are just like really good pieces that they fit. They know what they're doing. Um, and Eric Belisle, who I actually, when Chris isn't there, I think might be our best player who's actually on clutch. He tore his ACL halfway through round Robin. So we were, we were down, we were down a really good player. Um, but we were able to, able to pull that out. Um, we, we beat Arkham in semis and Goat Beat Illusion. I don't think those were, they might have been 4-1 for us. I don't remember exactly against Arkham. Uh, yeah, that, the hardest hardest thing there was Eric tearing his ACL. He was just walking up to the line. He wasn't doing any kind of crazy acrobatics. I was next to him. We were going up to throw, and he was just kind of taking a step and just collapsed, fell out of bounds, got out, but... Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw something really similar, like, man, dating myself. 2008, it was the National Dodgeball League last man standing competition, and it was, like, the last four people. And this one tall dude, like, literally just walked up to the line to, to throw, and then he just, like, took a knee and went down. No pop, no dramatics. You, like, I, I always imagine tearing ACL, like, you, you'll, you'll know what's going on uh, just because it just sounds painful. But, uh, man, that, that's... That's really scary. Just they just go down, and you don't really know why. Um, will Will he be? I mean, that's, he's probably out for for. He's out for the rest of the year. Yeah. He, I, don't, I don't think it was a full tear; it was a partial tear. But he's still he won't be there for nationals or even FDC in Dallas. Like it'll be next year before he can come back. That's a bummer. But obviously, he wants to come back. Yeah, that's good. Well, if he's listening, hopefully he gets a speedy recovery and we'll be talking about him uh, next season. But um, obviously, I mean, you had Chris rejoining you guys. You kind of got these weird, whatever happened to you guys during round one. I imagine you guys felt more, I don't want to say composed, like I don't want to throw shade your way, but uh, you guys weren't making the same mistakes as round one. No, we were not making the same mistakes. A lot more a lot more confident. Um, Will is like a really, really smart player. Um, and Chris obviously has been doing this as long as he has, and we've all played together for a long time. So it's, it's a lot easier to communicate, especially without guys who haven't played in so long. You're like trying to teach them the sport as you're playing against teams like anarchy and shred. And it's just like, you know, it gets fast paced. It gets intense, competitive, and that the errors happen. But with this, it was, we are very, very on it. Nice. Uh, you guys mentioned Illusion, so I don't think that was a team we really talked about too much um, when we were going down the list of consolidations and whatnot. Um, are, are, there, are they a staple team of the East? Where do they come from? Did I miss that? That's Joe Tatz's team. Okay. And um, he's got Derek Smith, I think his last name is. I'm so bad at names. Um, and Kevin Stannis are their core. I think Giancarlo console plays with them and ryan mccomb was there so it's it's honestly a good group of guys like 
they, they were there here at the East consistently. They were at Spooky Nook um, in 2021 consistently. So I think they're going to be a East Coast staple. Okay. Very cool. Um, go ahead. Can I say about Illusion? Uh, they're they're kind of like uh, a wild card team. Maybe that's because they have a Joe on the team. Um, he kind of just goes up and rips it. So he's like, for the most part, he's going to trade someone off with them. Um, and then they have uh, Derek Smith, who, you know, probably has the strongest throw in the East. If, you know, if not, he's top three for arm strength, I'd say an 8.5. No, you guys wouldn't give him that much. Um, I mean, I think, I think he throws really hard. I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know, so um he throws really hard so joe taps throws hard and you know it's kind of a wild card you never know what he's gonna do kevin has been getting a lot better um giancarlo in the middle uh, is a really good catcher um he's pretty compact so you have to put the ball in a very accurate spot to hit him out like if you put it in his center mass he's gonna catch it like most of the time so um i think they have the build you know, to potentially be um, a good team if they stick together and they um, pick up some additional support. Um, but I, I like seeing them around and, you know, they're a team that you can't just like, you know, roll, you know, be like not try and like beat. Um, and then precision, I wanted to mention, like, um, I think Akil and uh, Vernon and they've been solid and I believe Steffi plays with them. So uh, they always have been making you know, pretty decent runs. Um, I'd say more in co-ed, more than 8.5, but they're always a team that you have to watch out for. Like, I'm pretty sure Precision and GOAT were, like, the only teams that beat Anarchy at round three or round one. Like, you know, they're only, like, Shred, GOAT, and Precision are, like, the only three teams I'd probably say that have beat Anarchy in, like, either round robin or, you know, beat them at some point this year. So, um the fact is like precision can sometimes play really good and then other times play like really bad. They might be like one of the most hot cold teams ever. Whereas like there are games where you're like, why is everyone on their team so good? Why are they catching? Why are they hitting? Why is the kill blasting everyone out? And then there are other games where you just hit them out one by one. And you're like, that was an easy game. And it could be like literally game by game. Like the first game they beat you the second game you beat them and then you beat them a third time. And you're like, how did they kill us the first game? That's kind of how I feel after I play Precision. Gotcha. <clears throat> what you got, Frankie? I'm chipping with Precision because I had them as someone to mention. I know we're not doing a lot of co-ed today, um, but Precision was excellent in co-ed this year. I think they either made like finals or top four almost every round. And I think a lot of what Chris is saying with the variance on their team I think in co-ed with the three to three ratio, it really helps them because they'll have their like top guys on the court at all times. And then their girls are so solid. Like I think they have Triana. I can't remember who else is on their team, but like Triana and Akil, I've seen win like three, two on sixes in a row. Like they were just crushing people in playoffs this year. Nice. So that's a team that like, they're definitely doing better. They're going to be at nationals. I hope they can, you know, get some wins and upset some teams. I believe sure. the other girls are, um, Emily Ray and Rennie Kaiser. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about precision is uh, Marcus, he has been out the entire year and he's probably just their best player. Like he's the captain of that team. He's their vocal leader. He's, he's like, he's the engine of the team and he hasn't even been playing and they still were very, very respectable this year. Gotcha. Yeah. Shout out to Emily. She's uh obviously she came from, from Phoenix, uh, 
been playing with her for a very long time. So I'm glad that she's getting some recognition and causing some havoc out there. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys bringing that up and we can kind of talk about co-ed. I just know that just in the interest of, of time, uh, open was going to be the main focus. Um, totally happy to go into co-ed and bring some of these, uh, some of the women players as well. Uh, that's definitely one thing I want to make sure that, you know, we're not speaking on their behalf. So, uh, bring it back to, uh, 8.5. So round two, it was clutch mode and, uh, goat, did they take second? Was that how that ended up? And then going back up to round one, I don't think we covered it. So Anarchy took first, Shred took second. Now, there is no third place, but the one cool thing about the photo for um, at least round three, we can kind of see what the bracket was. But do you guys remember who might have taken third or, or like how would that would have played out, third or fourth? For round two, um, oh, sorry, just go ahead. I was going to say round one would have been Arkham versus Goat if they played. And then round two would have been Precision or uh, Illusion versus Arkham. Yep. I wish they, I wish they would do that. But could be a sidebar. So before we move on from uh, from round two, let's let's talk about the final matchup. I you guys mentioned that earlier. So um, who wants to take that? Justin, you're not even looking at the the camera. So I'll let Brian do it. Who wants it? Or Chris? <laughs> Brian or Chris can do it. I took I'll some. Chime in. I can start us and we can chime in as we go. The the first three games honestly wasn't like anything to talk about. Goat pretty much stomped Clutch first game. Second game Clutch didn't stomp, but it was pretty convincing, like pretty simple win. Third game Goat crushed Clutch again, so it was like not competitive at all. So the game four. We had Will and TJ against Sam Jones. And Sam was almost at the line, like with one ball in his hand. He was like faking overhead. TJ and Will both ran up to throw at him. Will missed. TJ threw like seven feet away from Sam, caught the ball. And now Will is at the line and Sam blasts Will. So we thought we were going to win this game to make it two to two. It's three to one. And then uh, game five... Ty gets out before no blocking pretty early. He's the first one out. The game then goes to no blocking, which I think I think immediately three people on GOAT continued to block. Our Justin we, and we went up we went up I think we went up five two. Yeah. I, I caught Chris was, and then proceeded to block the next throw that came at me. Yep, and then just, Tom and, and then Tom blocked as well. So it went from a 5-2 to like a 3-2. Yep, and Justin hit you, Tama, and then, um, yeah, it was Will, myself, and Justin in the game against Rel. Tyrell hit Will. I threw a catch to Tyrell, who like fell, just fell on his butt basically to make a catch because I was trying to keep it low. He catches the ball. He pump fakes at Justin, last guy on our team. Justin jumps in the air, and as he's coming down, Ralph throws at him, and somehow he adjusts and makes this, like, just desperation catch. And Ty was running in from the back line because Rella made this catch. So Ty's running up. Tim comes in the game. They both run at each other, like, two, three feet with a ball in their hands. Ty rips it at Tim, who just falls to his knees and makes a catch, just like 
pure hands up at his chest nice. is just insane ending. I'm sorry. Is this is this Tyrell Hayes? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Okay, so he's still playing. That's good. Yeah, he's been with Goat. Um, I think all year. Okay, I must have missed that. He yeah. missed round one. He came to round two and three. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, I thought for a moment he had given up and just started playing flag football. <laughs> he yep. had given a thought to it, but then when he came to round two, he really sort of got back into it. Awesome. Um, so Goat brought him back. Brian, didn't after that game we made it? Wasn't there a seventeen second game? Yeah, it was seventeen seconds. Oof. It was pretty insane. Ty, I think Ty immediately Chris ripped the ball at somebody off the line, hit someone, uh, then Ty threw at Chris, hit Chris, and it just rolled off his body over to me. So I caught him out. Um, Jeremy then ran up, hit Justin, caught Sam or somebody, and then we hit the last last guy out. It was. It was so fast. Oh man, there is. Uh, I was talking to Vince, depending on when this gets released, but um, <clears throat> we have, unfortunately, I have the title of the fastest game ever lost. Um, it was it's like evil. Eight seconds, right? What's that? It's like eight seconds. Ten seconds. Thank you. <laughs> Give me those two seconds, man. Yeah, it's uh, dang. For a second, I was hoping um we get dethroned but um yeah 2014 i think may uh doom versus evil finals just i don't know what happened but everything bad that could happen for us happened to include freezing and uh yeah we just got destroyed so i feel coming i feel some of that pain but um yeah, then game game seven was um <clears throat> i, I want to say will and tim made back to back to back catches just like they were both sitting next to each other on the court and balls just coming three right in a row at them. Catch, catch, catch. And that was, that was about that. So obviously a very good recovery from round one. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing was like, I was, I was so bad and somehow clutch rope still won. Like, I think I threw like three times and they were all catches. Like for whatever reason, Justin and Chris Zielinski were just like waiting for the counter and they were just popping like catching them easy so i was like all right i'm out all right i'm out all right i'm out it was basically like every game and uh i just watched like will and brian and, and justin and all those guys just pop off like for whatever reason like and they none of them were mad at me i think they honestly just feel more confident when i'm playing on the team so no one was like upset like they were like the throws you made were the right throws just built was better <laughs> so it was crazy that i played that bad and uh Fletcher was still able to like eke out some wins and win the round two. Nice. No, yeah, it's, I it's... definitely feel like for us, when we switched to no blocking, the pace of the game changed. Like we want to slow things down and you guys definitely took advantage of the pace. Your catching was better. It just, you guys played better once it went to no, to no blocking and we didn't really adjust to play any different, which is why you guys won. So we actually grew up playing no blocking. That was all we knew how to do. Like they took away blocking at dodgeball. So from age like 13 all the way to like age 20, when we started playing like elite, um, we didn't play with blocking. So when they announced no blocking, like our eyes light up, like that is how we thrive in dodgeball. All of us just love the fact that there's no blocking because we don't like doing that anyway. We just want to hit you or catch you or dodge you. We don't care about the blocking part. So when, as soon as like no blocking comes, we're like, all right guys, it's time to turn up. Like that's how we all feel on the inside. Just like, uh, like, oh yes, this is, this is our, this is our element. Nice. 
It yeah, we um we do no blocking here at the the Cactus League on Tuesday nights at foam and it's it's always fun to to watch people still make that error. Like you see it coming a mile away and you still block, you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe I got out this way. It's definitely a, a good thing to practice. Sometimes it's just hey, no blocking for the next X amount of games for that very reason. But um so we had probably actually do this towards the towards the end. So let's let's move into to round three, unless there's anything about round two that we missed. Okay, so going into round three, so we'll, we'll kind of do like a again rapid fire. Um, Frankie, starting with you, just what teams stood out, what players stood out, and how did your team do? All right, so actual rapid fire. <laughs> I wasn't uh, actually at round three, so you don't pass me. Yes. Gotcha. So actual rapid fire, uh, I'll start with Shred. So we came in second, but I'm, I don't think any of us were happy with how we did. We lost some games in round robin um, and got smoked in the finals, but we'll talk about that more. Uh, players that stood out, I don't think I've ever seen Billy play this well in my life. Billy on Anarchy was, I'm not allowed to curse, right? Or can we curse now? Anyway, so Billy I... was a monster at round three, like just was blowing everyone up catching i mean he like not to take away from anarchy as a team because they're all great but he destroyed shred in the finals hmm. um and other teams that stood out i mean we haven't really mentioned a lot of the other teams besides the big five shred anarchy goat arkham and clutch mode but uh we did say chris Linsky a minute ago he's been bringing this team from maryland called willow's wreck i believe it's like they're recreational league down there at like willow park or something um they play pretty well in 8.5 of the round so i was pretty surprised it seemed like they had good chemistry um so small shout out to their team especially since they're a new league and you know they're bringing a team out to every round now nice so this, um, this could yeah. be a stable team moving forward yes could be another awesome. you know i think um the east coast has three leagues that have really sprouted out I guess four if you count what Tim Wells is doing in New York, but Sean McMahon with Nutmeg in Connecticut, Chris Linsky with the Willows in Maryland, um, Sam Sayward with Philly Dodgeball in Philly, and then what Tim Wells is doing in New York. So, you know, those four leagues have really sprouted up. They probably have at least like 30 active players in each league, if not more. So very cool. Hopefully that'll be the new blood in the East Coast. Yeah, no, I mean, we... We need it nationwide. Just need people to step up and keep taking these new new players out and showing them the ropes and seeing, you know, dodgeball outside of their, their rec leagues. So that's awesome. Uh, Chris, what can you help, uh, recall from round three? Um, so I don't know their team name for 8.5, but I know like Frenzy with um, Sam the Milkman. And um, there's another guy, there's a tall guy on their team who plays next to Sam, and I can't remember his name. Um, if anybody knows it, um, might be Jordan. The team name is Gritty's Biddies, I believe. Okay, yeah. So yeah. they're Gritty's Biddies for eight point five. Um, I think they're another Philly team, and you know they've been getting better with the eight point five. They're mainly like no sting and co-ed no sting, um, but they have been improving, I think, with the eight point five. So, um, you know, they're a team that's been getting better, and you know, Sam is super, you know athletic and agile on the court like he is a wicked throw and same for um you know all the jordan and the other people on that team so they're a team that i look forward to hopefully seeing at more rounds um because they have some good players and i'm pretty sure they finished second in co-ed no sting at round two um 
which was a frenzy for frenzy slash gritty's biddies to do that you know that's really cool for them to make that make it that far and to show that they've been practicing nose thing a lot in, in philly gotcha and i'm glad you brought that up too because i obviously there's a lot of teams um and plays and players that were kind of not so much overlooking but we're not focusing on because we're not covering nose thing which i imagine is is it fair to say like that's maybe the bigger division in the east right now between 8.5 and nose thing gotcha um sam send the milkman was that correct and yeah, can anybody he, ser- he serves them up ice cold. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh Brian <laughs> from I don't know why that's so funny. I, <laughs> this kid's gonna blast me one of these days. Uh what, what you got from round three, Brian? Uh I mean, yeah, like you said, Anarchy won. They they were pretty pretty much just dominant the entire round. Um I will say Arkham, we haven't really talked about them and they're an establishment on the east at this point but they were they were in the semis for every single round this year like just consistent really good team um but aside from that like it was it, it was just kind of anarchy steamrolling shred was there i know, I know uh, matt levine wasn't there and like from my perspective matt matt is like the heart of that shred team like he makes that thing go and jeff i mean jeff is obviously their whole team is super talented, but I think Matt is like kind of in my perspective, shreds version of like Mike McGee, where you see him on a corner and like your eyes are just on that guy. Your people are intimidated by him. And just having an intimidation factor, honestly, is kind of a big deal. Like when you see Mikey staring you down, he's just always so low, but he's got that super quick release. Levine has an insanely quick release. So the ball gets up on you super fast. So you're never really safe unless you're paying full attention to him. That's definitely fair to say. Um, I mean, Payan, Ketchum, McGee, uh, Billy, there's definitely people I just take your focus and when they're not there, it's like, okay, I can kind of breathe just a little bit more. Um, Frankie, you got any... um, I don't want to say counters, but I mean, did it feel like that for you guys or? Yeah, I can add to that. So uh, Matt was dealing with some health issues. So he missed round three. He wound up missing worlds, unfortunately, Um, but he's doing better and we're all signed up for nationals. So we'll be able to welcome Matt back in style in Las Vegas. Um, It definitely is different without him there. I actually didn't know who to mention for round one, but then based on how we did for round three, I knew I had to mention Matt along with Dylan as one of our standouts. Um, you know, it's just a different team when you have someone that can take over games by himself like that. Matt's really good. Brian talked about his release. Um, Jeff played really, really well at round three. Um, but a little inside knowledge here, Billy can just shut Jeff down sometimes. So like with Billy playing that well, shutting down our best player that day, um, you know, they forward us in the finals. It wasn't really close. I think if Matt was there, it would have been closer, but I don't think we would have won. They were playing so well that day. Billy was just not having it. Um, there was a, I think, did Vince sh- just share a clip? I don't know if you guys saw it today. Of Billy just just going ham on some folks. Was that maybe the game you guys were talking about? Was that round three, or have you guys had a chance to see that clip yet? I'm not sure, Chris. Do you know? I would assume that was Worlds, but let me see. Because I don't know if it was Worlds. Um, I mean, Billy going off on people, shocking. That doesn't happen. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure where that clip was from, but I mean, 
he was steamrolling us in the finals and everyone else played well too but i I would say he probably averaged four of the six outs every game um some of the other like the semifinals, i know our game against goat was not close we forwarded them so was why it was even more disappointing to get destroyed that badly in the finals uh brian do you have on the anarchy side who they played in the semis i think it was arkham probably like 4-1 4-0 4-0 all around just yeah. i think you guys just swept straight through to the finals yeah all three final games were four o's not very entertaining like round one or two yeah a little, a little different even in um i think no sting or co-ed two anarchy was all there for that and uh they they forrowed kill the comp in co-ed like just blasted through it they uh i think they had alexa warnock was just fantastic like she's seriously incredible on the court like she catches everything and uh i think they had megan fricker i could be wrong megan was on arkham because they won round two co-ed arkham wound up winning that and megan was on their team so she stayed with them for round three i think chris is back so chris like do you have any insight Um, on your game against arkham and then destroying us in the finals uh, we're talking about 8.5? Yeah. Um, we kind of just, like, we played our game. So, um, you know, having Mikey, because we didn't play with him for a while, um, having him in the corner, and then having, you know, Brandon is, like, the real person who's been um, taking his game to another level, I think. You see him a lot more in the corner. You saw him even for Team USA playing a lot of left corner um, for Anarchy now. Um, I feel like, you know, he's in the left corner a lot. It all depends on matchups and stuff like that, but he's working his way to even being like left corner just on a regular basis. So um, I think that changes the game a little bit. Mikey's like the super aggressive, we all know, like, you know, intimidator. And then Brandon's just like the super consistent, will block every ball and will hit you when you expose yourself type of guy. And so you have that little balancing act with the two corners. And then basically you're just allowing Billy to just, go AWOL in the middle and just do, do what he wants and just throw it as hard as he can and get back on defense. And then if Billy's not throwing, you know, Armando just ripping it full speed. And uh, I think Casey's been working it out more and his arm has been very strong lately. So, you know, it's like right down the line, like um, it, from the middle, you just got guys ripping it. And we're very confident that our corners um, will punish somebody if they decide to throw a counter at, you know, our middle guy. So, um that's that just that's just how it was like the whole tournament really um i think we might have had one game where we played pretty bad and we were just flat out outplayed i think maybe goat beat us was that goat who outplayed us in the round robin yeah and they did I, beat you in that robin and i believe precision took a game off of us um like the first game like they just flat out outplayed us one time and then i believe we beat them two more times but like the first game they came out and just were swinging and it was you know, kind of crazy, like, oh, okay. So um, that's what I remember from the anarchy perspective. I don't know if you can speak to this, but um, earlier you had mentioned Brandon Kelly. I'm just, like, looking. I mean, he has slimmed down. Like, not like he was a heavy guy to begin with, but he definitely. He was heavy. Yeah. He uh, He was, like, he's, like, 5'8", five, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, um, and he was, you know, he's lost nearly a hundred pounds. So that's a lot of weight. If not a hundred pounds, he's like right on the cusp of losing a hundred pounds. 
and like putting on a lot of muscle too so it's like it's a good exchange it's not like he just yeah so his body's transformed <clears throat> um so i would say it's a huge he was a big guy like i'm a big guy he was bigger than i was like so uh it, yeah he his what he's able to do it's changed his game the way he's played and so i think people have to learn how to play against like the new brandon maybe you know because he's a lot more featured in the offense rather than just being a guy who's going to get you a clutch catch so it's like having a new player on the team so he's got the the same catching skills the same court awareness but now he's just more agile and probably more powerful all of, all of the above yeah he's lovely smarter <laughs> great <laughs> but that's good good for him i mean that's he definitely slimmed down a lot and looks good um Casey, I made some comments about his lazy dodging. I don't know if he's heard this yet or not, because we talked about it, I think, during our, our recap, Chris. Uh, I'm curious if he's going to say anything, but uh, it's a little, little nod at Casey there. Um, so finals, we were looking at, it was Anarchy, Shred, and then, again, Arkham and Goat could have taken third. Is that fair to say? Arkham and Goat always, always have long matchups. They've always played struggled against each other very contentious it's just also the like the team members have played against each other for so long it always is uh you know it's like they know each other so well so they know everyone's weaknesses everyone's strengths and no one plays you know they don't let anyone get any catches so it's a, it always takes a long time it's a slog gotcha let's move on but i'd to... like to think go would win but i'd like to think go would win and uh, so that's kind of like a, a good transition to nationals. Like, are you cool talking about the fact that Goat's not going to be there for nationals, Justin? Yeah, it's fine. Um, so I guess we'll start with you. I mean, obviously the expectation is your teams will make it. Um, so let's, let's kind of talk about that, but we'll start with you, Justin. So um, I know we talked about offline just mostly because of travel, logistics, uh, the days off. Just we, Unfortunately, we won't be seeing Goat uh, for this round. Yeah, we, also, we also had two players who weren't going to be able to make it. Um, and it just, the logistics in terms of captaining and like picking up random players and then traveling all the across the country and playing with players that you're just not used to playing with. It's like, it sort of takes some of the excitement out of it. Um, and we sort of felt like we had a lot of things going well for us and we really like, liked the way our team was playing together. Um, so we were excited to go to nationals, but uh, just weren't able to pull it together. Um, you know, coming from the east, it's just a little bit more expensive. It's a lot longer to take off than it is like to fly from the west. Um, so we just won't be able to make it. Now, um, are you are you guys looking at FTC at all, or any like the post? I mean, there's I guess there's only one tournament after nationals. Um, is foam something you guys get into, or will ever get into? Probably not Edgar and I. Uh, I know Terry is playing with with Shred for uh, FTC. Um, I don't know if Tyrell is Tyrell would like Storm. I'm not sure if he's thinking about going to FTC. I haven't talked to him about it. Um, but no, I, I don't think. Well, definitely Goat won't be there. But I guess there'll be members of Goat that will be there. Gotcha. So we'll probably look forward to seeing Goat next year, next competitive season. That's the hope. Gotcha. Um, Frankie, obviously Shred's going to go. We'll see you guys at Nationals. Yep, we are. Our players are playing in every division. Shred is not necessarily in every division. But we'll see you for what 8.5 no sting or 
So Shred is playing, uh, and just to put this out there, we only have five or six people in general now because Kyle is not playing Dodgeball anymore. Um, so depending on the division, we only have five or six of our core players, but we are signed up for Open, Foam, No Sting, and 8.5. Um, not all of us wanted to play four days, so Cloth, I think some of our teammates are signing up as free agents. And then for co-ed, Shred's playing across three different teams, so we're all playing most of the co-eds. Gotcha. Yep. And uh, Brian, Clutch Mode, will we see you guys out there? So Clutch will have co-ed teams for all the divisions, um, and that's myself, Chris, and Will Bethard, and some other guys that we're picking up. But um, that's been consistent. We are co-ed team. Um, and then like Sam Hutter for Cloth, uh, Sydney Somerville for Cloth, and Catherine Mays for Cloth. And then we have a mix of other girls. But uh, Emily Grapes and Catherine Mays will be there for the rest of our divisions. But for, for Open, I'm playing with Alfred's team, Elevation. So with the Paulsons and uh, Scott Warren and, or I'm sorry, Kyle Warren and Scott Bronson. Um, nice. So yeah, but I'm I'm doing everything except for pinch basically. So I'll be uh, I'll be pretty shot by the end of this. And then you I'm will gonna... fly. You will sleep on that plane plane ride home. Yeah, I'm gonna sleep on that red eye. It's not gonna be a problem. And I'm I'm going to FDC with uh, elevation as well. We just can't get we can't get all the. I was barely barely had enough guys to make teams for the East round, so it was not really gonna happen. Flying them out all over. Gotcha. And so similar to goat though, we would we can look forward to seeing clutch mode coming out for next season. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll awesome. be there. And Chris kind of a gimme, but I'm imagining we're going to see anarchy, especially after the run you guys have had. Yeah. So we'll have the full anarchy team there for, um, all of the open divisions. Um, so that's everybody who you saw at round actually at the West round one. So it's the full team, you know, Armando, Joe, uh, Billy, Casey, me, Brandon, Mikey, and Tim Fullerton. So that is our eight for nationals. And um, and then for, we have uh, co-ed. So all of those Anarchy guys are playing on the Anarchy co-ed team um, uh, with the exception of one. So um, Brandon and Kelly will uh, likely be playing co-ed with Clutch Mode. So he will join... Um, Will, Brian, and I um, for, I think, almost every co-ed division team. So, um, he, yeah, so basically all the Anarchy guys will be playing all of Open and all of co-ed. Um, and then Joe um, is part of Hex. So with, like, uh, I believe that's high-end and um, Ketchum's co-ed team. Right. So the rest of the Anarchy guys are playing all the co-ed together. Man, so but for eight point five, Joe, Tim Fullerton, Billy, and Casey, so like the original rise almost. <laughs> yeah, a little, Dang. little bit of a rise reunion. Uh, we wanted Jim too, but I don't think he'll be able to make it. Oh man, I love Jim. Well, hopefully he can make it, but that's gonna be scary. Um, so if we're if we're gonna put some predictions for nationals, I mean, obviously you guys might be a little bit biased for the East, but I would imagine seeing Anarchy and Shred top three, top four, top five. That's, that's the hope, right? That's kind of the expectation. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Um, 
I'm sad to hear um, that Goat won't be there. I'm sure Justin's even more sad than I am because it's his team. But I really think that um, it would have been able to help show, like, you know, the, the East has some good teams. And so um, not having Goat there is kind of a downer just because I, I think they are a good team. And I would I like – I love seeing the cross – the cross region matchups and I just really wanted to see how like goat matched up with like rainbows or um you know not crisis but you know that that team and you know just all these west teams and south teams and all that I love seeing those cross matches so um same for clutch mode too not having them there um you missed out on a lot of those cru- uh, cross matches um yeah I'm trying to Trying to pull from memory, like just who on the West we're going to expect to see, like Thieves, Rainbows, uh, Fortune. Fortune only plays foam. Oh, it right. depends what depends what ball type you're talking about as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's I think one team that maybe we should expect to see from is Thieves. I feel like they didn't they didn't they win the West like rounds most of them. They or won two uh, them, round two. Round they two. won round two. Yep. And then round, round three, two. Was not a lot of teams showed up for because a lot of those guys were on. Team USA, so. And yeah. someone told me Outlaws is not go- or Outsiders is not going to Nationals as well. Really? Not. That's, that's, so that's another big team that won't be there as well. Oh, I'm not sure in what capacity Thieves is going either. You'll have to get that on your West recap slash precap. They yeah. definitely have some, like, picking up players to fill out teams, kind of like we're dealing with. That's so wild. I wonder if it's, I mean, is it really the Emo Fest that's... <laughs> that we're contending with or is it just i mean i'm sure it's it's all the above but um weren't you i think it's also i mean a lot of these players are you know played on the world so they you know are cash strapped it's the middle of like it's not the normal time that we play nationals it's a little bit different in terms of timing you know like people with kids kids are back in school that's one of the big reasons for me not to be able to go it's hard for me to sort of miss taking my kids to school and stuff like that um and then work, happening. like people are back into work and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Right well, usually it's yeah. Labor Day weekend, right? So we have that that Monday to kind of recover. That definitely mm-hmm. helps. I think the timing's big. I mean, this was really a, a startup year for USA Dodgeball. They were all ready to go in 2020, and then it got shut down. So I think the kind of the they didn't have a lot of time to release details for tournaments and nationals. So that really impacted a lot of teams throughout the year, and then obviously for nationals. So I think if in 2023 we get things secured earlier if they're able to lock down venues and dates and everything i think that'll really help with participation at every round of nationals yeah for sure it's again everybody's kind of dusting the uh the cobwebs off so to speak and hopefully this will be the the jump start year that gets everything going for a pretty solid 2023 um i mean even just kind of going through the mental muscle memory of, of recapping and, and asking certain questions to focus on, you know, plays and, and whatnot has been kind of a, a of a, not a stress for me, but just, you know, we all, we all get back, got to get back into the habits, even captaining a team, forget how much of a pain in the butt that is, uh, some of the, most of the time. But, um, I think, uh, I think it's like, God, I mean, there's, there's one quick, I guess what we can do is real quick, like, if you guys have a big takeaway, just how you want to like sign off or close this out. Um, when you look at the entire East region, um, 
right, I almost have, have, I'm tempted to call you uh, Frankie Stradamus just because I remember in 2019, you literally looked me down the eye and I have it on film. You said uh, Shred, or I think you said somebody about the East Coast was going to be the final, like he called it, like just dead on. Um, I still have to show you that video. It's hello. I said hello. I said East Coast team will win co-ed no sting because of teams like hello and Team Awesome and Kill the Comp. Yep, and then go figure, like later that day, it happened. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, he straight up called it and I got it on film. But um, let's go ahead and uh, just go down the line. Just your, if you can sum everything up into like one one sentence or one, one bullet point, and we'll start with, uh, with you, Justin. I think Anarchy shows everyone that they're the best team in the country this year. And I think they win three out of the four open divisions. Nice. Just typing this down because we'll definitely revisit this during the uh, <clears throat> Nationals recaps. Uh, Frankie, what you got? Justin, let's up it. An East Coast team wins every open division. Woo! All right. Uh, Brian, what you got? I, I honestly have open um, and open cloth open 8.5 going to anarchy like the way they just stomped the west i don't know if it's just because it's round one people are out practice but like i watched the video and they just smashed through the west coast and they they did their work on the east i'm not super sure i I like fortune and foam i watched them play at fdc um and if outsiders isn't going to be there I, i really like fortune for foam i'm not i i really have no idea what no sting no sting sometimes feels like a real crap shoot just like you know there's, there's like five six teams that could win those sting, but that's why. so bouncy yeah so just to recap you got uh open 8.5 and open cloth going to anarchy potentially fortune for foam if outsiders aren't there and uh lfg for women's no sting LFG for women's nesting. Okay. Hey, Chris, what you got? I would just say um, the East wins the majority of the divisions. And Anarchy surprises people in foam and is a better foam team than what is thought. Nice. Yeah, we'll definitely cover these uh, come recap time. Okay, somebody, I forgot who was in the group chat, said uh, we need to have a LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate. And so in the interest of time, uh, I just want to hear if you guys had to choose between LeBron or or MJ, who would you choose? And we'll start with you, Frankie. I, I I don't need to answer this question. I'm not sure why this is on here. So I'll reiterate, um, if you could choose the greatest of all time between LeBron and Michael Jordan, who would you choose? It's going to default to Michael Jordan, so... I'm already Justin, gonna... I'm the age that's right in the middle, but I'll go MJ. Go ahead. I was already starting to type him. It's MJ. Thank you. Playing close. Brian? I asked this question, and... Uh, you did this to us, okay. Two and a half hours, like, first take kind of segment. We can go till I don't know, 2.30 morning on this but it's it's jordan it's just jordan chris i was just gonna say like a few years ago i was like you know lebron has a chance to catch jordan i think it's past that point i don't think lebron can catch jordan i think it's jordan but i think in dodgeball it's lebron lebron would be a better dodgeball player than michael jordan in my opinion if both were in their prime 
I don't know. LeBron is so much bigger. Jordan is so much more nimble. So have, much you seen, to have you seen LeBron throw a ball across the court? Like, that man can eat a ball really far. I football, feel like he would kill somebody. Have you seen yeah. how big Michael Jordan's hands are? Those hands he are could probably, He probably could catch a ball anywhere on the court with his hands. <laughs> hey, I've played against actual professional basketball players in dodgeball. They all Darren Williams tournament. Yeah, I did that and, too, uh, actually. Mason Plumley was not very good. Was it Mason Plumley? It was one of the Plumleys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, LeBron's like ambidextrous, so like he can throw. He played football growing up. Like he's gonna have that. Um, but I mean, Jordan was a baseball player, and baseball players tend to transition really well to dodgeball. So you got that. I wanted to give you like a well, he was, hot take that wasn't about basketball. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was, he was an outfielder. There. I feel like I feel like infielders transition to dodgeball better than outfielders. I think Tebow watches both, honestly. Ugh, gross. And the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh real quick so Frankie that that NBA tournament uh the De- uh was it Derrick Rose? Aaron Derek Williams. Okay. What uh which one was that? So I went to the one that was in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, 2008, 2010. Yeah, it wasn't 2010, but it was like 2013, 2014-ish. It was a while ago. Right. But he did a couple. That's the one I went to. Yeah, I went to the 2011 one in Salt Lake City. That was awesome. Yeah. That was fun. Um Man, okay, so I, we used to do like the pizza versus uh, freaking um, the one that doesn't matter. No, tacos, thank you. Before, we did dad before jokes. You sign off with that stuff. I just wanted to say, if you haven't seen Brian's catch in round two in women's co in coed, it's one of the best catches I've seen in uh, in dodgeball. The one that Akil caught on uh, his 3D camera, yeah, where he yeah. like jumped up and somehow caught it flying through the air. It was awesome. Yeah, you can see it goes we were right standing there. We were standing watching it, and everyone was debating whether you caught it or not. And it was like, it, until that video came out, I think everyone was discussing Under, whether it was a catch or not. Underrated part of that video is uh, Drew is actually in at the start of that, and I'm looking at the lady in front of me, and I just throw a no look at him that just catches him square on. He didn't even realize it was coming. <laughs> it's an awesome catch. This is round, you, round two. You had another one like that at um at round three where like everybody went crazy who was watching him play. Like you like flopped and you were like sideways and somehow like flopping on the floor sideways, someone ripped one at you and you just ate it. It was like the best. I so. think it shred actually in round robin eight point five. Um, we had a. It was just me against Sean and Jeff. And I, I was looking at Jeff the whole time. I threw it, Sean, kind of a no look, hit him on the toe, but I was like five feet from Jeff who came up and ripped it at me. I just fell sideways and caught it. I don't know if I have the video to put in. It's the clutch mode where like just crazy, just random catches that don't make sense like in regular dodgeball, but that is how clutch mode there is. <laughs> so, uh, Frankie, you're saying put it in the comments. So you're talking about the clip, right? When we release this. Yeah, it's seen in the comments yeah. after. I definitely want to see that. I didn't see it. Um, real quick. Um, so I, I dished out the survey a little bit later than I intended to. Just trying to get used to type form again. Remember, I even had this thing. Um, I could read through Brian's comments real quick. Once you feel like you covered everything or if there's anything we might have missed. Um, I could also do this after we sign off. But I did want to point to whomever wants to talk about dad ass. So I don't know if somebody has a secret admirer out there, but um, 
That was one of the responses we got at 5.22 a.m. I think I might know who that is because there's only a few people that are up that early. But um, I think uh, I might say this if we do decide to do co-ed or no sting. I'm just look at your comments real quick, Chris. Um, all right. Perhaps another time. But um, cool. Well, I think that's all I got, guys. Like I said, um, I think for the rest of this season, the theme will be LeBron versus Michael Jordan. So right now we've got four from, for MJ and we might do a, if they would play dodgeball, who'd be better. Cause that, that was kind of a cool twist there, Chris. I just sent the video to the uh, Facebook group. It's like 16 seconds. If you want to just take a peek, get your live reaction. I'm really not trying to toot my own horn. They, they told me to do it. Oh, what is this angle? <laughs> <clears throat> it's a, it's, it's a 3d. It's like a fish eye. Okay. Fish eye lens. I'm just watching some pump action going on. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> nice. So you basically, since obviously people are listening, can't see it. You're, you're throwing as you're throwing the motion is you're coming down with the, with the ball. Is that one handed? Yeah. Nice. I think he was inverted. Yeah. So the, the question there was basically, did I drop the ball because did I drop my ball because it hit my ball, but it catches like in my pocket and I just like go of the other ball to make the catch impossible to tell in real time. And that's just one of those things. that's like, they just said, get back to the line and replay the play. Yeah. I could like being a ref for that. That's, that's a tough call to make. Great move though. You just go down with it. I wouldn't have gotten back up. Yeah, I'd, I'd still be me. down. <clears throat> I'd be down still three months later. Yep. On one of your next episodes, we got to get like the, the double catch counter and see like who in Dodge was the most double catches. You I know for a fact it's not me. I'm hoping I know who it is. I hope it's Will Bethard. He's pretty nasty with it. I think he has like 11. Jeez. Yeah, well, to, you just give me an idea, Chris. I'm cool. hoping we're picking him up for Shred for 8.5. He reached out to us, and I was like, I'd love to play with Will. Imagine if, like, Matt and Quan are in the corner, and they have to throw at, like, me, Will, Sean, Sean. and Like, who do yeah. you throw at? <laughs> you have to throw two balls. I'm going to go with Frankie. How many leg catches does he have? Though? Oh, that's Will. me. That's my... That's Frank. Will. I don't know if I've seen Will get many leg catches. <laughs> that's that's the Frankie special. Are we... <laughs> Are you, you are we gonna see the posture and good luck for that? <laughs> are we gonna see the milkman in nationals? He'll be at Sin City. Most of the Philly players are not attending nationals because oh, we're going back to Vegas like three months after. So So I I lost it. I know we're still recording, this is still gonna make it the episode, but I, I I had to take a little tactical pause because I was losing my mind just laughing at that. Um I just picture a straight up like fifties milkman just dishing pain out to people. So I mean, yeah. I can send you a cool highlight video on Instagram please that they do. just did of him playing. Yes, please um, do. This is all cut, by the way, right? We're just chatting. No, this is going to be on. This is the wrap up. But uh, I guess that will be the cue. So let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, guys, thank you, you so much cut for, some of for this. Yeah. <laughs> do a little editing. Yeah. I gave some inside knowledge. You better cut. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's going to be at the, the opening. Um, that's the open. All right. Let me, let, me, um, <laughs> let me take a quick pause then so I can not air out. Don't worry, Frankie. No one on the West knows who he is, so it really doesn't matter. No, man. I'm excited. I and mean, we haven't confirmed yet. I know we're still like talking about it, but I'm pushing it. So 
All right. So was, basically, I don't, don't want to say that, and then we don't pick them up. <laughs> so what I'll do is when I when I talk about the Michael Jordan versus LeBron, that's when I'll cut it. But um, in the interest of continuity, let me just uh, record a closing real fast. So actual closing in three, two, one. But um, yeah, so I really appreciate you guys hopping on and um, yeah, just being willing to to you know kind of catch me up on the East region, so to speak, and and getting this uh, you know this this recap machine going. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll just go ahead and end the uh, discussion here. All right, so I believe that was the first like actual recap. And uh, Frankie, Justin, Chris, and Brian, thank you guys so much for being willing to hop on, stay up late, and talk dodgeball. But also be willing to just you know put yourselves on the spot and try to try to recollect what took place uh, several months ago, uh, going through the rounds. And yes, we did kind of gloss over uh, majority of what took place. Yes, we did focus mostly on 8.5. But uh, in the interest of just getting into the habit of doing recaps again, um, like I said, getting the machine going, um, it's a really great first start. And I, I I usually reach out to the East East Coast first. Um, it's always great talking to you guys. Um, very, very studious, take notes, uh, very willing to contribute and, and, and share the story of what's taking place out there. So I definitely appreciate that. And, uh, I missed it. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, reconnecting with the North, South and West and just doing what I can to, um, generate some more hype for the nationals taking place in a couple of weeks in October. And then obviously, you know, getting back into the swing of things um, for the 2023 uh, premier season. So um, if you guys haven't had a chance to look at the survey, uh, please utilize that. If you have anything you'd like to contribute, if you'd like to uh, join the podcast as a co-host or as a panelist and cover a specific division or region, please let me know as well. And um, I guess that's pretty much all I have. So huge congratulations to, to Anarchy for having a really impressive showing this year. As well as Shred, definitely looking forward to seeing how you guys uh, uh, square up in Nationals. Same thing with Arkham. Uh, unfortunately, we know Goat's not going to make it, but all the other teams that have been mentioned as well, if you are going to Nationals, I look forward to seeing you and looking, I'm definitely looking forward to talking more about you in the recaps to come. So for everyone else, have a, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you soon. Is, is there like a Raiders game or something going on that weekend? You don't know? It's emo fest, bro. When we were young, that's what we should do instead of playing dodgeball. Is that what? Uh, I'll be there. Is that the is that the competing event? Like I thought, Jake had yeah. said there was emo fest. Yes, yeah, it's called fest. when we were young. It's like this gigantic two day emo fest. God damn it.